everyone. Welcome to another episode of VR in Education. Today on the show, we have the pleasure of talking to Bryn Stothert. So Bryn's an experienced international baccalaureate geography teacher. He's taught all over the world. So Bryn's career takes him around the globe from England to the U.S. to China, Thailand, and now he's in Germany. Bryn's served as a department head. He's been an IGCSE coordinator. He's done work in the gifted and talented section of his career. But most importantly, and why he's on the show today, Bryn has pioneered VR at his current school, Frankfurt International School. He also acts as a consultant. So he brings VR to other schools uh, through his website, VR in the Classroom. He does workshops for teachers. Welcome to the show, Bryn. Hey, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. That's, that's quite the uh, resume. Very impressive. Hey, so everyone has kind of their unique origin story. In other words, like what got you interested in VR in the first place? Okay, so uh, as we were talking off camera, I'm really into games uh, and have been since I was a little kid, right? Uh, like got the, I had an Atari, I think it was like the first ever gaming system that I had and then something called the Sinclair Spectrum, which is a very British uh, like gaming system with tapes. Um, and so like I, I listened to like all kinds of podcasts actually, but one of the podcasts that I listened to is called Final Games. Have you heard of that? Have you ever listened to that one? I haven't. So, I have not. So the premise of the podcast is uh, that uh, actually there's another kind of British element to this. So uh, there's a a radio show called Desert Island Discs, and they get famous people to go on, and they say to them, if you were going to be trapped on a desert island for the rest of your life, what would the five uh, songs be that you would take with you? Uh, so this game, this podcast called Final Games, is the same thing, but for video games. And so they get people from the gaming industry to to go on and, and pick five games. And one of the guys I was listening to is a guy called Jake Kazdahl, who worked for Sega uh, back in the day, you know, Sonic and, and so on. And he's got his own gaming company called 17-Bit. And the most famous game that he's made is something called Schools of the Shogun. And he... As I was listening to his podcast, one of the games that he chose was actually a VR game, uh, and it was—it's it, not really, you know, technically a game as such. So it's, he chose Google Earth VR uh, as one of the, the five games that he would take with him, you know, of, of all time. Um, wow. so I, was, I was like pretty shocked about this. Is three years ago, uh, and so it's uh, when I first moved to Frankfurt. Uh, so it was like towards the end of 2016, start of 2017. Um, and the so it, yeah, like shocked me that he would you know somebody from the gaming industry would pick Google Earth VR. And then obviously as a as a geography teacher, um, my first thing was I need to go and try this. Uh, so I went and did a, a demo uh, at a local electronics place uh, in Frankfurt, and then wrote up a proposal and took it to the head of school. Uh, it was a guy called Doctor Paul Fortman, who's head of school at school. Um, and when I accepted the job at the school, one of the things that they sold me on was that, you know, if you have a good idea, we'll, we'll back you and we'll fund you. Um, and bearing in mind, I've been at the school for about three months uh, I, I went and, and took in this proposal and I played him a little bit, the podcast actually, um, and said, you know, this is what I want to 
like investigate. I want to go and and, uh, and and do this. And then I said to him, actually, like I can see this, you know, being a problem for you in the future because, uh, like, once I've got some mastery in it, I'll go and I'll sell it to other teachers. And and I can see, I could see already tilt brush. Uh, and you know some of the things at the time three years ago that were out that were going to be wildly popular. Uh, so we we bought the Vive, the first Vive in yeah, it's like two, 2017, um, and now we've got two more. Uh, so the art department's got one, and uh, the the DT department's got one. And I use mine really for like outreach within the school. Um, and then I kind of got in touch with uh, like our school hosts lots of Google events and lots of. Uh, PD. So uh, there's a, a lady called Holly Clark who uh, like kind of picked me up, and I've been on her podcast a couple of times. And then a guy called Ian Nern in England who uh, like organizes lots of uh, like professional development events for Google uh, and his company C Learning, and he kind of picked me up. And so I do work with them. And then I was invited to go to the American School of Madrid as well uh, by a guy called David Hotler, and I did some. Uh, work with them and they've got i think they've bought three now as well uh, and we've been on podcasts together uh but one of one of them like i guess that's my origin story uh like it came from gaming and then as uh it's kind of stayed within gaming to some extent um but but gone across into education as well cool i mean you've already kind of alluded to this my second question that i was wondering about and that is uh, just where where is the school at now? Where is Frankfurt International School at in regards to its VR culture or the ethos of getting you know more VR uh, headsets on kids? Okay, so we we have a full time uh, HCC Vive in our art department. So we have a, a gallery space uh, which is set up uh, yeah full time for uh, for kids to go out and use. Uh, either tilt brush or blocks or gravity sketch uh, to make things. And then um, like the, the art department as well, we had a huge project last year, uh, which you can find on like my YouTube page, like more information about, uh, but the art teacher came to me and said, um, like we, we do these sculptures. Do you think that we could like share the sculptures with the rest of the world in a slightly different way? So they usually take photographs and put them on a web page, and that's, there's like eight schools that, that are part of this sharing. Um, and, and so I said, okay, cool. Let's, I'll take it to my computer science guys that I work with on a Tuesday after school. Uh, we'll see what we can come up with. So we, the school had recently just purchased the 3D scanner as well. Mm. Uh, so we, we tried to combine the, the different technologies. So we scanned in every kid's uh, sculpture uh, using the 3D scanner, and then because we had them as like OBJ and SCL files, we could then put them into Unity. Uh, so we made a, an environment and imported these sculptures into Unity, and then turned it into a, a VR app. Um, and then the the result of that is that you know today we've been working on the uh, uh, the VR Rocks uh, tournament with with Rohit. Uh, I think has been on your show already, right? Yes, he uh, has. Yep. So we, we were doing that today. Uh, so this weekend, I've been in school the whole weekend, uh, like working with the kids to to build this environment in Unity, uh, and that was that kind of crosses over into design tech because you're a design tech teacher, right? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Uh, so I was actually go ahead. Sorry. So the 3D scanner that we purchased that was purchased by the DT department, um, 
and so like i like i've i've the most uh competency i think in in the school with uh like windows machines and and like if there's ever like some high end tech that's been bought in like usually if if people can't make it work they, they come and ask me let's come and have a look at it and so the the, the scanner uh, they were kind of uh didn't really know where to to start with that and so i came and and i because i knew all about it then i could uh use it for my own devices as well um our music department uh like gets to use the 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 vive in the uh, dt department uh and we had a guy called luis resto come to be our grad speaker and he wrote the you know the eminem song lose yourself yeah that song so he wrote that uh or co-wrote that um and wow. when he came to to do the graduation speak, he also did lots of workshops uh, with the kids. And and the whole week, I was sent him like, I want to put you into uh, soundstage VR, um, which you can't buy in the Steam. Uh, it's not on Steam, but you can get it for free on GitHub. Uh, and it's if you've never tried it, it's amazing. Uh, it's like a music creation tool. Um, and and I put him in that. Eventually, like he relented, and I put him in it. Uh, and then, like he, he kind of lost his mind. He's, so this is incredible. Uh, and he went went away. And then he came back the next year for another like round of. Uh, he wasn't the grad speaker, but he came and did some workshops. And he he then he said like I want to spend like two full days in in the in soundstage making music. And so I hooked him up with there was a, a student who's really into. Uh, making digital music uh, in grade ten, so he like they they, they 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 think about how cool that is, right? So he got to collaborate. The student got to collaborate with uh, the guy who wrote "Lose Yourself" for for two days. We took him off schedule. Yeah, it um, blows my mind. That's amazing. Uh, <clears throat> the science department, like I've worked with uh, Nano and like you share care and and mainly like not necessarily things like making things, but experiences. Uh, and then I've worked with our ESL department. I've worked with the elementary school a lot on uh, like more experiential things. Um, then I've, I've run like after school clubs uh, with mm. the computer science guys on Tuesday, where we're doing things like you know Unity. Uh, and then with like grade four and grade five kids, I've had had, had them making things in Gravity Sketch, and then three uh, D printing the things out and doing 3d scanning and like little kids right so like 11 years yeah. old 10 years old uh so we got to keep god knows what they're going to be able to do when they're uh you know grade 11 or grade 12 um, oh it's it's amazing how the barriers just been sort of lowered to younger grades doing stuff that you know years ago would have been something you would do in a high-tech university lab yeah i think that's like something that has really shifted at the school um over the last three or four years is like we're, we're doing things now that are really at the university level um, and beyond. So a good example of that is Ohio State have got a course in physics where they do roller coaster building uh, and then they use, you know, no limits, that game. Uh, it's a yeah. roller coaster simulation game and you can ride the roller coasters in VR at the end. So we, we basically, we took, I found online, uh, the Ohio State, like the, the whole kind of like program that they run this course, uh, and so when we went to the like physics teacher and I like built a bit of a course 
basically ripped off like Ohio State's course, and and we're doing that with like grade ten physics now. So yeah, the, so the, 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 the VR the VR culture really is just culture. I think like whether it's VR, VR is just like one part of that, right? Um, just a, a culture of not teaching to the, I know some of the, the questions that you wanted to talk about is uh, to do with, you know, how does VR fit with testing and, um, and, and that type of thing. But actually really like school culture shouldn't necessarily be about just passing tests. Right. I think we all agree that, uh, that's not really the purpose of the school, um, or it shouldn't be the purpose of a school. It's just to, to be a test factory, uh, and, you know, take kids from one end of the production line to the other. Um, so well, I think culture is culture. I, I totally agree. Actually, I want to shift and dive into something that always comes up with me too in regards to VR, and that is, like you, I came – sort of from the gaming culture and have always gravitated to looking at experiences that students might engage in related to the gamification of educating. And lots of people, when they hear about VR or games in general, especially someone maybe who's not familiar with uh, the profession of teaching, they get turned off when they hear the word game. They think that there's no merit or educational value to gaming. And, you know, when I look at some of the VR applications out there, especially the ones that have been around since 2016 that are categorized as educational, some of them are very museum-like. So you walk around and all you do is observe. There's not a lot of interaction, you know, there's merit to those because obviously now you're visualizing something in a 3D sort of setting. But the ones that I find that the students I work with love most are the gamified ones, the ones where, you know, they can try it again or they're completely immersed. You know, a good example, um, uh, Fantastic Contraption. I don't know if you saw that one, but, you know, that – that the kids have to create something, but it's in a gamified version of it. Yeah, I've seen that before. It's a, like a physics engine, right? Like they'd be testing. It's good. Yeah. So my question to you is, you know, where do you stand on that? Like when you roll out uh, VR to teachers and your school, is there pushback in regards to suggesting VR applications that have some sort of gaming element to it? Or do you see people see that connection that the gamified side is actually beneficial to the learning? Um, so like at, at my school, I haven't found that much, uh, you know, antagony towards it. Um, and I think really like game developers understand how you, move somebody through, uh, through, through skills building, right? Building skills. Um, so if you think about like every game has a tutorial at the start of it, and then as you progress through the game, like new skills and new, uh, levels of skill are, are added to it. Um, and you can progress through the level, the games at, at your own speed, right? So leveling up, uh, based, you know, based on, uh, 
capacity, right, and and the ability to do things. Um, but education is not really built like that, right? Education is you graduate from one grade level to the next, uh, based upon your date of manufacture, essentially. Um, yes. And uh, and actually, like I've I've worked in I worked in a Chinese state school uh, where that um, process is taken to new heights. And in the in the US and in Europe, we're never ever going to be able to compete with that, right? That uh, if we want, if we think that education should look like that, um, like the other other schools, other cultures, going to put way more time into it than than we are uh, in in this traditional model of education. Um, and I think most state education systems are built around this this idea that um, if you certainly in Britain is if if you apply the national curriculum for England perfectly, then it is a perfect model and the outcomes from that model are going to be perfect and we'll build a perfect society. Uh, and, and the system I work mm-hmm. in, the International Baccalaureate, understands that, that most state models are actually you know, highly imperfect. Uh, and so the, the IB includes things like TOK, which is a critical thinking course, uh, and, and CAS, which is uh, creativity, like ac- action and service, these things that like have to be done, otherwise you fail your diploma. But I think uh, okay. it's time for a new model, right, of, of education because I think the, the, the current model. Uh, yeah, even fails. even within the even within the IB curriculum, there's greater emphasis now on, as you know, because you're a teacher of it. Uh, approaches to learning skills. So these are things like, you know, can we teach kids to be uh, more resilient? You know, what happens, you know, when they fail? Are they able to pick themselves up? And, you know, I concur and completely agree with you that the the shift towards some of these softer skills, you know, the shift away from complete memorization and mastery of facts is happening, you know, in, in some states and some countries, it's a little bit slower, but that's where I believe VR can be a game changer because some of these softer skills and then more importantly, these bigger ideas that we're getting kids to, to think about, like, you know, how, how do we wrap a kid's head around the concept of, of power or rights and responsibilities? You know, these things are hard to test on a paper and pencil test and using experiences, which is the name of the game in VR can be uh, a huge gap bridger. Yes, I agree. Also, like we were were talking before about games, right? How do you put a game into a a class and have people, uh, I think that's a good idea, but I would ask is, Google Earth VR is that a game? Uh, is Tiltbrush a game? Uh, to me, it's not really like the because it's on a computer and because you buy it through Steam. Um, perhaps people think of it as been a game, and certainly that that podcast right at the that I listened to uh, that guy considered it to be a, a game. But really, you know, they're not games in the sense of, uh, of um, you know, something trivial and frivolous like Tilbrush actually you know, some artists are now making a career out of that um, 
and and certainly for for Google Earth, uh, like that's transformed my the way that I teach geography. Um, and it, and if if it can allow students to do other things, um, and and maybe you know test scores will improve because of that certainly like in geography like using google earth vr to go study case studies right real places is definitely improving test scores but tilbrush may not improve test scores but then what are we testing for um maybe the test is an imperfect test and the work that a kid is doing in tilbrush is going to be more valuable to them for their their life and their career than uh learning how to you know draw in charcoal or, <laughs> or paint with oil paints. Uh, like or duct tape. Yes. Let's, uh, let's talk about VR applications because uh, lots of listeners always wonder or think about when they're first getting started, like what's, what's sort of my starting bundle or what, what should I get first? And so, you know, if you had to recommend four or five VR apps that a school should get, to get them started, what would they be? So I, uh, I give this some thought, and I don't want to be too reviewy, right? Because um, I think people kind of got to go out and figure their own stuff, and and things uh, change so quickly in in the VR landscape. You know, over the three years that I've been uh, going out and looking for things, um, there are, every week there's something new. Uh, but I think the like the really the the, the ones that if you have a, a headset uh, and a computer, uh, then the, the absolute musts are the Google things, right? Because they're all free, um, and they can all—they're all about essentially about exploration and creation. Um, so if you if you've got a Vive or a Rift or, or you know more complex headsets, I think you know Google Blocks, Tilbrush, uh, Google Earth VR. Like those things are an absolute must. I also think Soundstage uh, is is free, and again, like just all about creation and end product. Um, like Google Blocks, if you have a three D printer as well, like getting kids to create things and and print them out uh, is such a powerful uh, skill for them to learn and explore, um, and and completely free, right? If you've got those things, uh, and super simple. Uh, so I would say, you know, the, the really the easy things, if you are on a budget as well, are the Google things because they're free and they're all about creativity and they're all about linking to other, uh, other skills as well. Awesome. I want to dive a little bit more into the work that you do do with other schools. You had mentioned you had gone to uh, the American School in Madrid what are so? What are some things that you cover with them, as well as what are some burning questions that you often get from teachers when you're working with schools? So, um, like a lot of, I guess what I've learned about VR, I've put into a, a, a book, and on my t- Twitter page, it's like pinned to the, t- the top of it. So this, this, uh, I guess it's kind of like a book now. It's about eighty or ninety pages, uh, and it's got lots of, of case studies. Um, from like ways that I've used it in in our school and then in other schools, uh, but I guess like the the main thing uh, that I try to focus on is attaching VR to pedagogy, 
so I try and I try and do sample lessons of how like VR doesn't necessarily take over the lesson, but it, it it's a station. It's just a tool um, because I think most schools and and certainly some schools that I've I've seen uh, buy a headset and they put it in a room somewhere uh, or they put it in a department somewhere uh, and you have to you know it's it's a special thing that you have to book in advance right or go and see uh, you know three or four gatekeepers in order to be able to use or it's the debate of just one person right who knows how to do it and uh, and they you know get a handful of kids to come and use it now and again uh, but I try and use it every day right with as many people as possible and and like i said try and attach it to existing just use it as a tool to augment lessons rather than completely you know change the lesson uh so i guess like in my own classes um the way the way it works is i have it like permanently set up at the back of the room um and then it's a station it's a tool just in the same way that regular google earth is a tool or a textbook is a tool or a pencil is a tool. Right. Um, and I, and I find also that VR is not for everybody, right? Not all kids are going to want to, uh, going to want to use it. Um, but even if they're not in the headset, I think it's absolutely crucial that you have a TV or something, uh, to project mm. to, because then it leads to really rich discussion. Uh, certainly my subject, uh, you know, the, students like for example last week we were studying about kibera uh, which is a shanty town in uh, nairobi in kenya and i think i posted some like video as well to, to twitter about this uh, so you can go and have a look at it but the 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 vive is just one station out of four other stations and i said to the kids actually you know the one of the stations is is a textbook um and i said in the 1980s this is the 90s when I was at school. Uh, that's all we had. Uh, and I remember falling in love with geography off the, off the back of this textbook, right? Which we st- I remember studying Manaus in Brazil, uh, which is a town right in the middle of the Amazon. And all I had to go off was a map and two colored photographs of what Manaus was. But I remember being really like, so interested in finding and, and, and like just visualizing really what it would be like to be in in Manaus and then obviously like you know video came and and then YouTube came which completely transformed that Uh, and then Google Maps and Google Earth regular Google Earth came which transformed that again and now Google Earth VR is like another level of that uh, another just another tool right but a highly effective tool Um, so I would say like that's the the biggest observation is it shouldn't be something that you just put in a room somewhere and have a select few people. Um, like if you've, if you just, if you're a good teacher, then just do what you would normally do and use the VR as a tool on top of that. What I like that you said is getting more people to use it because most whoever's controlling the budget, maybe it's an director of innovation or IT or maybe it's the headmaster who controls the budget. One of the things they say about VR is uh, it's a super expensive tool. How you know? How are you going to prove to me that, like you said, that it's not just going to sit in the back of one champion's 
classroom, uh, given the price tag is, you know, 2000 plus dollars. So, you know, your model, your method, or your idea of spreading it is probably paramount to making sure that you're going to get funding from whoever controls the budget. Yeah, sure. The the more utility you could demonstrate, right, the more likely it is that all of it's going to escalate. So if you can show the people the value of it, they're going to want to probably buy one themselves, right? Uh, and then that in turn justifies the purchase, <laughs> the original uh, machine. Um, so if you if you do, actually, I I would say that the the tool itself is important. Obviously, you need to buy one to be able to use one, but really the person. Uh, or the people that are in charge of uh, democratizing it um, and, and their level of competency and their capacity to, to do that is is also really, really important. Um, I guess like one of the biggest skills for me in making it successful in our school is uh, relationships, just being able to uh, go to people in other divisions in the elementary school and and, you know, prove to them that it's going to be worth their time to uh, let me let me come and come and work with them right um, and I, I think I've been pretty successful at that uh, and that's got nothing to do with technical capacity right that's entirely to do with uh, just relationships um, so it's not easy I guess if you want to be a VR advocate uh, it's, it's a lot of skills uh, but like I said like I think the more we people who've you know done this reasonably successfully the the more we share with people the easier it's going to be from uh like it took me three years to be able to do what i can do now hopefully it's not going to take somebody listening to this podcast three years to get to the same place right and just people realizing how much it has grown so i read one of your blog posts and I can't remember the date. I'm going to guess it was 2017 at, at the bottom of your, your blog post, you had listed, you know, three people that you knew that were involved heavily in VR as it pertained to education. One was uh, Steve Bambury. I think uh, Rohit was on there. And then, you know, I can't remember the third person, you know, now when you look on Twitter, you know, I would say that that list has grown like times 10, Yeah, it's right? been exponential, right? Uh, I remember when uh, we first, when I first started doing things in, in with the Vive or even in cardboard, right? Even like before that, like doing things with cardboard, there was hardly anybody uh, doing, it, doing it. And now it seems like everybody's trying to, <laughs> everybody's uh, doing VR. Um, but which is fantastic. Like you alluded to the, you know, one of my origin stories was kind of like you, I, I was walking through the mall in Canada and my son who was 16 at the time said, and this was, this was 2016, like two, almost three years ago. And uh, Microsoft store had a vibe sitting there and you could demo it. So he really wanted to try it and he did. And, he basically took the headset off and said, dad, you have to try this. And, you know, I, I had low expectations, but when I put it on and realized how real and, and immersive and, you know, how much, you know, 
you know, we talk about the emotional response that comes from putting on a VR headset. That was me totally. You know, I, I played the lab and I did uh, the longbow where the haptics are actually vibrating in my hand as I pull back on the, the bow. And I just, I was hooked from then on in just because of the, the sense of presence and the experience that it provided. Yeah, longbow, when you finished playing as well, you, your muscles are aching, right? It's like a real, it's like learning how to do real archery. Um, one one thing I, I would say about like the 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 pace right of change and the amount of people that are are getting involved with it now. Uh, reason why I think it's a really good thing is um, like if you're a kid at high school, uh, you're on the clock, right? Uh, if you're a senior, you've got the however many months it is left now right before they they graduate and that might be your one chance to you know experience vr as a as a tool for education um you know for the next three or four years because you might not get to do that at university uh you might not get to do that in your job as well so i think the more people doing it the more exposure kids could get to 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 these high-end new technologies uh i think it's crucial um, like I, one of my colleagues actually the other day said, uh, oh, you know, we need to like slow down a little bit and, and consolidate some of the things that we've, that we've already got. Uh, and I said to him, I said the same thing. I was like, if you're a kid who's a senior in our school, you're on the clock. Every kid in the school is on the clock. Right. And, and the more we do, the harder we work, the more opportunities we give to kids, uh, like the, the better i think that's my personal opinion speaking of opportunity uh i recently listened to a podcast that you were on in may and it i love how you spoke about the importance of these higher end technologies how they should be rolled out with fair and equitable access to everyone and, you know, there sadly some schools around the world have trouble even just getting textbooks. And you spoke about, you know, the, the charge or the, you know, to not forget about these other schools. Can you elaborate on this a little bit more about how equity, especially when it comes to VR, is, is essential? I, don't, I think I've been worked in China and, and Thailand, like for you know, 10 years in my career, I was, I was out in Asia um, and uh, like through, because I was doing the IB, you know, service work is is, a, is really a must uh, for like everybody in, in those school communities. And so I got, I got to see um, outside of the, the, the bubble of what really international schools are, right? They're like a wealthy, well-funded, a uh, little bit of an expat bu- bubble. Um and and the you know potential isn't uh, assigned by how much money you have in your bank account. That's for sure. So the more exposure we can give to everybody, right, on the planet, I think we we would be remiss uh, not not to try and at least attempt that. And I also think that well, uh, if you look at like the Vive Focus and the Oculus Go. They're they're really just a, a, a computer with with a screen, right, inside of the headset. Um, and if you think about your phone, what your phone can do now, 
through you know with uh, things like YouTube VR, right, or or just you know apps that you can download from the, from the app store. Um, I think it's inevitable that your phone will be able to do what the Vive Focus and the Oculus Go can do, and I think that's going to be a couple of years um, where you'll be able to just stick your phone inside a almost like a, a Google Cardboard, and it'll be able to do exactly what a Vive Focus and a, an Oculus Go can do. Um, and where you know phones, the the life cycle of a phone, that kind of phone is going to inevitably end up in the hands of. Uh, you know, less wealthy, less privileged kids. And so I think in the next five years, uh, it, it hopefully will democratize itself to some extent. Because um, if you can afford a smartphone, whatever that looks like in five years, we'll be able to do like pretty high in VR, I think. Um, but that, well, I know that, that, that still is not going to help the, the gap that exists, right? The skills gap. Because schools like mine are going to move on and will buy whatever the next thing is, right? Uh, and the kids that I, the kids that I'm teaching that are on the clock, they're going to get like way more um, and and more opportunity than than the kids at the uh, at the other end. So that skills gap is probably going to get wider between the haves and the haves not have nots. Uh, but this is why you know as I said about Google, uh, Google suite of, of VR apps like like uh, Google Earth VR and Tiltbrush and Blocks. Are free. Uh, YouTube is free, right? Uh, cardboard is next to free, right? You can actually like you can print the the, the, the blueprint uh, to make your own cardboard, and you can buy the lenses off Amazon, right? And get like a hundred lenses, <laughs> hundred euros or something. Um, so I think, like, in, if you look at education, actually, like in general, year on year, more is spent on state education systems, and yet. The results get worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was listening. To, there's a new because they're not they're measuring the wrong things, though. I, I mean, you've already alluded to this. Like, if we're using the PSAT and other paper and pencil tests to measure whether that money is of value, then we're measuring the wrong things, right? Yeah, I was, I was listening. There's another podcast I was listening to the other day. Actually, it's New York Times. You know, the Daily podcast. And the podcast was called Problems with America's Education System. And, and it's not just an American education system that fits into this. But it, 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 one of the statistics from that was that um, so that year on year, more money is spent in the education system. And, and 25% of 15-year-olds that come out of the system can't read at a 10-year-old level, mm. which is insane, right? It's insane. Yeah. That, that we allow that to happen uh, and that we haven't, you know, we just pour more, more money in the next year. Just pour more money into this broken system that almost everybody agrees is broken and we do nothing to fix it. Mm. Um, and, and really, our, you know, our end in this, the schools, school that I work in, I feel sometimes that all we're doing is just sharpening the tip of the spear. Uh, so, or sharpening the tip of the pencil, right? So, mm. so the kids at, at, at that end become sharper and and get more and more, um, but the kids at the bottom get less and less. Uh, yeah. If you keep sharpening a pencil, eventually you run out of pencil. Um, uh, good analogy. I don't, I've, I don't, like we, don't, I don't think we're going to find the answers to those problems in this in this podcast, though, right? <laughs> it's a big thing. No. 
let's talk about your school and beyond the pencil analogy. What's next for you? So, you know, you've obviously starting to set up a really good culture or ethos. What are your sort of goals as they pertain to VR at the school? So actually one of the other roles that I have at the school right now is uh, we have something called a personal, uh, it PLC, I can't remember what it stands for, personalized learning community or professional learning community, sorry. Uh, and I'm the, like the chair person for the innovation part of that. Um, and we're really thinking hard about what innovation is going to look like and how do we actually like deploy our resources in the school to uh, make the most of these. You know, we have lots of pockets of innovation. So I work with some amazing people. Um, we, we have one of the world's kind of leading experts in 3D printing, really, uh, you know, how that pertains to education. Uh, and we, other, other like uh, one of our sports science teachers uh, is applied tech to, to that part of the school uh, incredibly well. So we, we're really trying to think, like, how does the, well, how do all of these things fit together? Um, and really, I think the, the goal is to break the, the model, right, or, or break the wheel. Uh, and, and kind of rather than just be an IB school, um, like really think about what, what does a, a Frankfurt International School education look like? And not just, you know, what kind of school are you? Oh, we teach the IB. What kind of school are you? We do the IGCC or, or you know, AP or whatever. Um, and I think that's really like the, the, the culture shift that's happening is, is like reflecting on uh, what things do we say are in our mission. And actually, when you look at the grade 12s, when you look at the kids coming out of, out of the, the system, have we actually like achieved what we said we we're going to achieve? Um, so I think I, the, 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 in terms of technology, the school will increase bandwidth for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll probably see more 3D printers, more vibes, more 3D scanners. Uh, but I don't think that's the thing that makes the difference, right? The equipment doesn't make the difference. It's the it's the teachers. So I think that's what the school, that's what we're trying to figure out is uh, how do we build capacity within the teachers, competency within the teachers, not just by new equipment. Mm. Good, good ending. Uh, listen, Bryn, it's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, I, I plan to continue to follow what you're doing uh, on various social media. Speaking of that, how, how can people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you more about VR or pedagogy or professional learning communities, etc.? So, yeah, I'm always happy to uh, like get in touch with people and share what, what I know. Uh, so Twitter, I guess, is like a good place to, to do that. Uh, then I have like YouTube channel with like lots of case studies that I've made videos about, you know, going back a few years now, three years maybe. Uh, and then like my, my website as well is a, uh, an easy way to get in, in touch with me. Uh, so vrintheclassroom.com. But any, any of those, you know, if people get in touch, if they've got questions, um, I'm more than happy to, to share. Uh, and there's also that book that I told you about, right? That's a, on the top of the Twitter, you know, attached, like pinned to my profile. Um, I just put that out there for, for free so people can have a look at that and see what they what they think. You might agree with it, might disagree with it, uh, but hopefully there's something in there that's useful. Um, 
but thank you as well uh, for inviting me to come on. Uh, I I love doing these things. No problem. It's so I interesting do. to think. I do too. And... Go ahead. Yeah, it's so interesting just to reflect, right, and think about you know what we've been doing, uh, particularly you know like the early adopters, you know, three years ago, the origin stories and things like that's really interesting. I concur. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone.